Hey everyone, welcome back. You're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends stay connected via their shared love of romance novels, goofing around, and each other. This week in our maternity leave lineup, we have part one of The Soldier's Scoundrel by Kat Sebastian. It's our first queer novel in far too long, and you can thank our guest host for that. You're about to meet Tanya. She's been a friend and mentor for over a dozen years, has a heart that loves without limits, and is one of the most loyal people I know. So, let's get into A Soldier Scoundrel. I'm singing the music. Oh! <laughs> Hi, Tanya! <laughs> Hi, Mel Bell. How are you? I'm wonderful. How the hell are you? (laughs) I'm great. Excellent. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, same. Super excited. Yeah, thank you for getting knocked up. It's really convenient. (laughs) Right? Super, super cool. So just so the listener knows, we have known each other since I was 18. Yes. It's been uh, many Uh years. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that happened, actually. Yeah. No. So that would have been, what, 2007? No, 2006. Six. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's Nutter Butters. <laughs> it is totally crazy. Tanya started as my coach, and then our relationship has sort of grown from there because I left that school, and we became much more like mother daughter then friends and then like you know and then you grew up and then I grew up yes and baby bird flew away from the nest (laughs) yeah but that's okay not before I not before I taught her a few things and forced her to enjoy pedicures do you remember when you like had never I have never experienced a pedicure (laughs) yeah I also showed up to college never like having really drunk in any kind of party atmosphere no no. but that's the same for me I didn't do that in high school either but yeah no you were basically Nell from the movie Nell like you were a great farmer yeah oh yeah yeah I didn't know anything about shaping my eyebrows certainly (laughs) you can you can I should I mean I will thank you till I die That you taught me how to shape my eyebrows. Yeah, I often I think about like how overwhelming I must be for sometimes with freshmen. But there is a, you know, there's a there's a plus side to it, which is just it's uh-huh. a steamroller and you come out of it on the other yeah. end with being very opinionated. That's the goal. The goal is really to teach you about like what eyebrows can do and make you very opinionated and feminist. That's yeah. the goal. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And then terms. I mean I think that anybody, everybody can attest after listening to me for over a year that uh, mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, it's it has been a long time. Although it's really bad because I I am going to admit like several things today. Number one, I am not a Patreon sponsor, <laughs> which is oh, so that's rude. That's fine. No, no you're so in grad school. I'm just, I went back to, I have no money. So I haven't done that. So I have not listened to what you explained about speech. So I never know. Yeah. Because I know that you guys did an episode where you talked about speech. Well, I'll tell you, Tanya, we definitely talked about the champion maker. So (laughs) I love that. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just don't know what you explained and what you haven't to said listener. And I am going to claim that I was the first listener. I'm going to claim it. This cold. Oh, cold. Yeah, because you are the Spartacus of the Spartaci. I yeah, mean, I'm you were. It. I was yeah. on day one. You were. You were. Because yeah. we had been talking about it before podcast even like dropped. That yeah. I was like, I'm doing this thing. And Tanya is an incredibly supportive friend in every avenue. I try. I yeah. try. We're good people. And we're yeah. interesting. And other people are very, very boring. So <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> Just to support my friends and stuff. <laughs> if you're going to support anybody's endeavors, may as well be the interesting people. <laughs> yeah. Because being boring is the worst. I, I, like, it's, it's my least favorite quality in a human is being mm. boring. So that's just the way I feel about most people. <laughs> and, so, and now I'm, I've become, ever since 2016, I've become even more cynical. So I just genuinely dislike most humans that are not my friends. Yeah, I hear that. I hear yeah. that. People really need to prove themselves these days. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, talking about people proving themselves to you, I kind of feel like this author did that for me. <laughs> Because this is the first, this is the first Cat Sebastian novel that that I was that ever transition read. was a mess. <laughs> Back. <laughs> Whatever, man. Okay, okay. If we're gonna get to the book, we should get to the book. But a couple of things before we get to the book. What number one? I think I need to go ahead and do literally two minutes on the Jude Devereaux of it all. Oh, my God. All right, everybody. Tanya is the one who suggested we read A Knight in Shining Armor. She is the person that you can thank for that two episode amount of glory that we did. Um, You mean two hours of like stabbing your friend Tanya? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's still one of our most popular episodes. Oh, I'm aware. People love it. People love it. We are hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) You are hilarious and hurtful. Now, that being said, that being said, I think I represent Uh a Gen X minority in the cult. Okay. That I just want to point out something. <laughs> like <laughs> life was different in the 80s. So No, and I think we we said that quite yeah. a bit. No, in, in between episode. in between blatant insulting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Yeah, I think that's fair. No, but this is <laughs> this is my point on this. Is that <laughs> is that like I started reading romance novels when I was way young. Mm -hmm. And I was reading The Filth when I was way young. Because as long as it was literature, I was allowed to do whatever I wanted, which is fantastic. But and so I was reading my aunt's and my mom's romance novels. Mm -hmm. So my very first romance novel was a Jew Deborah. It was Lost Lady. Um, Yeah. And I was 10 or 11. So, yeah. (laughs) And the look on your face is like a parent's nightmare. It's like... Oh, you were no, a child. You know what? <laughs> I'm not actually even worried about like the sex because A, I'm not usually worried about that sort of thing. Yeah. But B, the sex in Night in Shining Armor was almost closed door, blackout. Like, I mean, there were a couple of pumps and a shutter in a shower. Yeah, it's and, not like, it's not super graphic, but it is it is it's, it's penetrative. Yeah, 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 yeah. certainly. But, 
Yeah, but certainly it introduced me to like the concept of orgasms as a concept, not as like something you stumble onto in totally. gym class. So that's that's a good thing. But that was also like as you got older, this is what we used to do. Number one, reused bookstores were very important to romance readers. Very important. Okay. So what you would do is you would go into a used bookstore and they would have the romance section and you would buy all the, all the books and then you would read them and then you would come back with all those books and turn them back in like Buffalo Exchange with clothes. Oh, neat. And they would track your returns on a card that had your name on it. It was literally like a little file box. And so you would get credit so that you were buying more books. So it was like the cycle that you went through. So that's the first thing. So then the other thing was mail order. I probably yeah. subscribed. Yeah. I subscribed to Silhouette and Harlequin for all of high school. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And the books would, you would get for a month. Uh huh. That would just get delivered. And it was like a total subscription service and all of those things. And so you churned and burned through hundreds upon hundreds of books. Yeah. Like it was just the sheer volume of them was insane. But they were, it was, it was a very bodice rippy. Fabio was a celebrity for real time. Yeah, absolutely. And well, like we we talk about that quite a bit. These are these are really important books to read if you really want to be serious about the genre. But romance is very much like comedy. Like a lot of times it doesn't hold up because it's a direct reflection of the current culture. Oh, our love of the movie Purple Rain alone. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Holy God. I Which watched I that love. and I was like, I'm so confused. I just watched this video. Um, it was posted in the cult about it's a lawyer, a criminal lawyer who's like uh, picking and choosing certain scenes out of movies and then being like, how many laws are broken right here? Yes. There's a James Bond scene that's full on sexual battery um, that I didn't realize that in Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, you didn't? He <laughs> stokes her. Oh, yeah. In the a way. Hero, the hero gives his girlfriend who's unconscious, basically, because she's so wasted. Oh, no, that's 16 Candles. That's 16 Candles. That's 16 yes. Candles, yeah. Yes. And so in Revenge, Revenge of the Nerds, of the nerds he, puts on the, he puts on the Darth Vader mask to have sex with her. That's Anthony yeah. Edwards of ER. And then yeah. she, goes, she goes from being like, you're the nerd, to like, oh, God, that orgasm was so worth it. And I'm like, yeah. that is not... You, that, yeah. That's not... But see, okay, and this is where I think we divide ways, because hmm. I don't care. Like... My thing is, is that I'm very aware of the era it was made, so it doesn't take away my enjoyment. I can watch Revenge of yeah. the Nerds and laugh at the parts that are still funny to me and be all nostalgic about it, and it doesn't bother me. The same way, it like, I mean, my favorite, like, book, and I mean, I love Gone with the Wind, and you don't get more problematic than Gone with the fucking Wind. Totally, <laughs> totally. Right. No, I completely hear you. Yeah. And I still think we did a really good job of being like, here are the reasons that like fat shaming a child would have gone right under everybody's radar. Now, like it's fucking funny, Tanya. It is funny. I'm sorry. But it's funny in a way that probably hurts people that genuinely liked it. I don't care. Look, that shit is hilarious. Okay. <laughs> no, it's fine. It is fine. You shit all over something that's precious to me that's okay <laughs> i just wanted noted for the record that everybody loves something that is completely that is not okay yeah i do too and definitely like i will tell you i don't think i was truly truly over it 
until your interview with Sarah McLean. That is when I got over it. I think she is the one who made me feel okay. I was like, I'm fine. Because this best-selling author gets me. So yes, that's what I would say about that. That's one of her, um, what was it, Black, Black Knight Lion. or whatever? It's Black Line, which is the first. It's the very first one in the Montgomery series. Oh, okay. That's right. So that's- Yeah, a, no, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, she made me feel a lot better, and I little shout out to her. She's listening. Oh, my God. Sarah McLean's the best, honestly, yes. in Actually, like every way. And here's a proper transition. I pulled this book from her list of recommendations. <gasps> oh! Look at the way that Tanya did that. What a pro. <laughs> okay, so I think we can dive in. Yay! Okay, what did you think overall? I loved it. Isn't it so cute? Loved it. Start to finish. Oh loved God. it. Adore it. Adore it. Yeah. And Kat Sebastian, I looked in her webpage and she only does queer historical fiction. Yes, that is <laughs> her brand. That is her, her niche. She's rocking it. That is it. what she does. And I dig it yeah so i super dig it this one is the first in the turner series Uh uh-huh we read the soldier's scoundrel by kat sebastian and we have jack turner and oliver rivington it's a classic lower class upper class thing happening it's real nice there's really cute tropes in it (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i love a good trope i love a good trope so I am all about the he's too good for me. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I Yeah. Uh, any, everything about that is adorable. Yeah. Or I also, one of the biggest tropes in this one is I hate everything he stands for and yet I loves him. Yes. Oliver <laughs> is the best. I love Oliver so much and clearly uh, would be attracted to Jack, clearly would be best friends with Oliver. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Totally. In every way. And also it's the Regency era. Because uh-huh. I'm a nerd. <laughs> so, right, yeah. But for, for the heaving bosoms listener, it's England time. It's England time. <laughs> but this is Regency. It, yeah. is, it is England time. It is 1816. <laughs> there are lots of cravats, you guys. So there's lots many of talk cravats. of cravats. Yes. Because they're always undoing them. We're talking about undoing them. And, you know, and not being able to undo them when they have injuries. There's lots of injuries. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah um, it is definitely a thing. By the way, I did some research because, again, yeah, oh. you know who I am. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know mm-hmm. I love a Google. And so I was like, the the gay scene in 1816, how was it? <laughs> so, Ooh, tell yeah. me everything. So basically, because remember, this is right before the Victorian era. Like, it goes right. Regency to Victorian. And Victorians are the ones who got to be real fucking tight asses about the sex. Yeah, they were They were like, basically, no orgasms unless you're hysterical and a doctor uses a vibrator on yes, you. Yes, exactly. That's it. That's it, right? <laughs> so this one, on the other hand, this era, like, the Georgian and the Regency era, they were a little bit more free. There were definitely gay people, Avi, but nobody was out. The word gay obviously didn't exist. It was, you know buggery and right. sodomy and whatnot yep. <laughs> yeah. all that so they used to have gay clubs it was most certainly illegal oh hardcore illegal and it wasn't just yeah. you paid a fine it was they were going to kill you 
in various painful ways. Yes. And they were murdering whoever they thought. Like, they weren't really big on the proof part either. So the gay club of 1816 was called a Molly House. (laughs) Oh. Yes. And when they were in Molly Houses, men would often cross-dress for entertainment, original drag queens. Uh And they would go by female identifications, like your ladyship, which makes me think that your ladyship was the 1816 version of girl. So girl. Yeah. So that's amazing. So Molly houses. So this is right in this period. And I like that the book doesn't act like it's like it's a it's not a big deal that the book acknowledges it's a really big fucking deal that they're having this relationship because I just binged the first season of Outlander because I'm way behind. And Mm. like the way it goes out of its way to be like, I didn't care that he gets buggered. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. No, you totally care. In 1746, everybody cared who buggered who. That was a big fucking deal. Uh Let's not pretend like it's not. We can't even call it homophobia because it was we will murder you all the time and everyone. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Stop trying to be Highlander Times woke. There's no such thing as Highlander Times woke. That doesn't exist. Yes. Also, everybody's very hairless for Highlander times. So that's a whole nother thing. (laughs) I don't know where she's getting Brazilians in Highlander times. But boy, is she. It's true. It's really true. Although, to be fair, I think that's um, that's French times. Well, second season is French times. Yeah. 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 But she is fucking hairless. Like, she has... Not an eyebrow. I forgot about that. Not an eyebrow out of place. And I'm like, bitch, it is 1746. Do you know I how know. quickly I would be a Sasquatch? It would be 32 seconds. Oh, within within minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like so fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's already a battle in, you know, 2018 to maintain. I'm not in any way, shape, or form hanging in in 1746. So, yeah. So it's... <laughs> So it's 1816, Jack Turner. He is the Olivia Pope <laughs> of London. He is. <gasps> he so is. He's Olivia. Yeah, so yeah. he started from the bottom and he he went through a few different like stages in his life. He comes from a, a family of criminals. Yes. He has a couple of siblings that have, you know, sort of struck out on their own. He lives with his sister, who is a seamstress and has her own... Her dress shop. Yeah, her dress shop. And of late, Jack Turner has decided that he is going to not only create a business model that is no longer dependent upon gentlemen, because <laughs> fuck every gentleman. He hates them all. But also, he wants to sort of right the wrongs of gentlemanly society and help other people get out from underneath the thumb of gentlemen. Yes. So a lot of times, most of his clients, as the Olivia Pope of Mayfair, <laughs> are ladies who shit just goes down in their lives and they have no protection or recourse. And Jack is not noble about this at all. No. I really like the fact that he's very like, I also sort of hate the ladies, but less. Yes. And like, they're definitely tools for him. He's not, you know, feminist icon trying to no. save the world. <laughs> At all. <laughs> no. And he actually learns a thing or two about feminism along the way of this book. He does. He does. It's very cute. Yeah. So we're at Jack's office and he's doing some paperwork or whatever. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, 
a gentleman shows up. And like immediately of- is labeled. It's like his sister Sarah is like, a gentleman is here. What that's like, right. Why is this happening? Right. And in walks in what I oh. I picture as a very young Skarsgard. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that quite a bit. Like a really, really yeah. underfed Skarsgard. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, because he's tall. He's got angelically blonde hair. Mm-hmm. He's all thin and wiry. But And he also, he has a walking stick and a limp. Because yes. we find out later he was shot in the back of the knee in England times, which like I cannot think of a worse thing to happen to you yeah. <laughs> other than maybe like the full body burn we got in a, ju- a Duchess deal. Yeah. But yeah, a shot into a joint in England times <laughs> sounds like that's not healing. That's no. never going to get. You're never, never. going to have a really good physical therapy. Is no. my point. No. And, and in London, he goes back to the wettest, coldest place <laughs> on the planet. Right? I mean, poor man. Yeah. So he walks into the office and he's like, in a very gentlemanly way, he's like, listen, <laughs> you lower class person, yes. I want answers. Why did my sister pay you so much money? And by the way, a lot of money. Because again, uh, yeah, the Google it was machine, hundred pounds. Yeah, which is I translated that. Oh, oh my God, Tony, yes. <laughs> you know I'm a nerd. You know I feel about these things. <laughs> I need to know nineteen thousand dollars. No. Yes. What? That's how much. Holy shit! I was thinking like three, five grand. Nineteen thousand dollars. A little more actually, but I'm rounding. But yeah. Oh my God. That is how much Charlotte paid Jack Turner for something. Yeah. So holy balls. That sort of to me justifies why Oliver is wondering. Yeah. Like and also, oh my God. Uh, so Oliver walks in and he's like he's like a little pissed. Um and they speak and Jack is very insolent and a little indignant. He like makes him wait yep. instead of immediately giving him the courtesy of a, a chair or something but that's because he also recognizes him oh yeah he yes. definitely does yes apparently jack oh. um back when jack was a valet as he was uh-huh. as he was sneaking his way up and accumulating better accents from his that's con, right. his con days he was at a party at this estate which ended up being rivington's oliver rivington's father who's an earl right. and He's out in the garden when he hears something and he's like, what's going on? Is somebody getting accosted? And no, it turns out somebody was getting a blowjob from a Dickensian twink. I mean, he was getting accosted, but just in a way that he really liked. Yes. He was getting good accosted. He was getting right. he, he was getting way accosted in and I like it's like I like the idea that like the bushes, like the shrubbery. The elaborate English gardens Uh (laughs) are really just places to get (laughs) blowjobs. I mean, really, what better place to get a beach than in an orangery? (laughs) You know, that's all I'm saying. But he he distinctly remembers Oliver's face, which is usually so prim and proper and so refined, just broken in the throes of passion. He remembers his fingers going through the hair of his lover, all the things. And Jack is into it yeah like severely into it immediately uh-huh. yeah and we find out that over the past few years he has been reliving this moment and reliving this fantasy uh it's one of his you know it's it's like a, it's a, a staple bank. in the spank bank yeah, yeah exactly yeah, it's total spank bank material it was it was a firm deposit and i can yeah. imagine that in 1816 <laughs> porn was hard to come by yeah and it was like drawn <laughs> 
it was drawn. So it's like it's like that guy at the fair or at the boardwalk with like the giant heads and the little bodies. Like mm-hmm. the porn it's was the caricature bad. porn. Yeah, not into it. Not into it. <laughs> You're holding a skateboard for no reason. So true. <laughs> okay so Um, jack of course is like i'm not going to tell you why i hired your sister yeah because olivia pope never tells yeah olivia pope is loyal to the client that's right (laughs) and then so then all of a sudden a lady arrives and he's like hey listen you gentlemen you gots to scram (laughs) and oliver's like actually my good sir i don't believe i will you're a criminal and i'm gonna stick around and watch your criminal stuff yeah i'm gonna find out what just what sort of criminal you are yeah so jack acquiesces because he doesn't want to make a scene and in walks mrs raxel raxel right yeah raxel yeah lydia her name ends up being lydia right I think so. Yeah. That sounds rightish. Lydia. So Lydia, poor Mrs. Raxel has a problem. She's young. She's a young married lady and she has well, she's lost some letters. <laughs> and yeah. And they are letters of the damning ori- variety. Let me tell you, Lydia, <sighs> at this point, later on, I'm good with Lydia. But at Same. this point, I'm really fucking annoyed with Lydia. Yeah. I'm just because like, what I'm the fuck like, is your problem? You don't keep letters from an old lover that are kind of graphic from before you were married when you're married i burned all my journals when i got engaged really yeah way back in the day i mean don't get me wrong now that i'm divorced i'm like oh i should have kept those but i was (laughs) like at the time my thing was if i get hit by a bus do i need my husband reading all of this like does he need to know how i felt about my high school boyfriend no that seems Uh, weird yeah totally yeah you just get rid of it just get rid of it and and you burned it in an era where, like, fire is not constantly surrounding you. Think I had to seek fire out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's fucking bullshit. I didn't have a hearth. <laughs> I know. I know. No hearths in sight. So she has kept all these things. And meanwhile, it seems a little fishy because they're like, yes. all right, um, show me the blackmail letter. And she says, oh, no, no, I, I burned, burned that. that. <laughs> it's like, the fuck, man? Yes. You're doing everything wrong. So they've disappeared out of her jewelry box. And she's like, I need these letters back because it's obviously crucial to the future of my womanhood because <laughs> it's the future to my marriage. Yes. So like, that's what I got right now. And ruination is afoot. And ruination. <laughs> so Jack's like, listen, I don't know if they told you exactly how I work, but you're not going to get to keep tabs on me. I'm not necessarily going to tell you how I accomplish what I accomplish. But I will get it done for you. If you're good with that, if you're good to live in ignorance and let me do my thing, then like, <laughs> let's do this. And yes. she's like, yes, cosign into it. And all of that's fine. Is oh, he is horrified. mortified. Hortified. Like he is. Yeah. He is ready to just lose his shit because he has he seen is. things. He has been that's to right. war. So Oliver was in the Napoleonic Wars, which, right. no bueno. And he was at the siege of, I don't even know how to pronounce, Badajoz, I want to say it is. Yeah, Badajoz, yeah. That's a real thing or I studied. Badajoz. Badajoz, yeah. I, that's a yeah. real thing I studied in school. And let me tell you, he's not exaggerating. The British went no. batshit. They went batshit crazy and this, and they raped 
and pillaged and murdered and set people on fire Mm -hmm. and like dismembered people. And it was real, real bad. So he has a very visceral reaction to anything he considers improper or against justice or law and order. Or unlawful. Yes. Yeah. So he's like, I have finally come back to the land of law and order. Yes. I have finally come back to a place where I feel like the societal norms work and I don't like those to be messed with. And so he's like, I don't even care if this guy feels like he's helping people out. There has got to be a lawful way to help this woman. Yes. And breaking and entering isn't probably it. Correct. But Olivia Pope. I know. You got to get it done. You got to break it. So he finally leaves after he finds out that one of Jack's many methods is breaking and entering his own client's house. <laughs> And he's just like, no, I'm going to figure out a way to do this on the up and up. And he decides that he's going to also do a little digging. So, (laughs) Which I love because he's like, first he goes to see his sister who won't tell him why. Like he and his sister are clearly not close. Like they're the type of gentry that they care for each other, but they are not in any way confidants. So her best friend who is... His brother-in-law's cousin is there, Mrs. Sutherland. And the women are together having a great time. And he's like, I'm useless here. So he's like, maybe I'll go to the club and find Mr. Raxhall. Yeah. And that's what he does. And he figures out that he's sweet and kind of dumb and probably not the guy. Yeah. And just always drunk. Yeah. Like what I imagine Prince Charles was like in middle age. Like (laughs) when he... Could he stop banging everything that moved and just was boring? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. So very just whatever. So but he's in it. He's gonna investigate this and be around. Yeah. And he's deciding to like cozy up because he figures that he can get information just by being an acquaintance, whereas Jack would have to use more sullied methods. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And oh, also, just FYI, listener, there's definitely been quite a bit of sexual tension. Uh, Jack has noticed that Oliver is hot. Oliver <laughs> has noticed that Jack is not necessarily handsome, but very magnetic. Um, I love that he describes his nose as too much of a good thing. Yeah. Because you know how I feel about Josh Charles. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> okay. Josh, I mean, Joshy is still my number one of all time. He will mm. always be my number one, but I am fully aware he has a giant honker. And so I <laughs> very much love that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Same. And then um, there was definitely a moment where Jack stood way too close to a seated Oliver in order to, you know, sort of like Jack tells himself it's to intimidate the gentleman. It's but not. really, it's not. It's it's just to be within yeah. a closer proximity. It's like to feel like, OK, am I getting more turned on or am I over this? And then the answer yeah. is no, you, you want to hump it. You just so much, yeah. so much. So now... Jack has decided to start speaking with Mrs. Raxel's staff. He finds her lady's maid um, and he sort of brokers a deal with her off the page. But this is part of this conversation that she's going to like leave a door open for him so that he can later search the house. And he totally Olivia Pope's her too. Yeah. Jack has this thing where he can look at a person and read their visual clues. So it's sort of like Uh Olivia Pope and Sherlock Holmes had a baby who was hot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I like it. So yeah. 
I do too. Then we find out why Jack, what Jack did for Charlotte. Yeah. So he goes back to his office and this goddamn gentleman is back. <laughs> and he's just like, can I not have a day where I don't have to deal with this hot, hot man? I think it went like he, when he walks in, he says that his body like stiffens or clenches and not necessarily out of irritation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. So Oliver is there under the pretense that he wants to reimburse him for any added cost from helping his sister. <laughs> And Jack's like, I didn't spend any money. Like, that's not how I do my job. I didn't spend my own money to help your rich ass sister. It's not how this works. But he's basically like, Oliver finds out that he stole from his sister's household in order to pawn all of the goods and like pay off the husband's debts and that sort of thing. And Jack is very frank about the fact that he's like, I take pride in paying back tradesmen and servants that gentlemen never think about because that's how this economy has to work. Yeah. So Oliver is horrified even more. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is that Oliver, it's that thing where he's like, if I just pay him, then it will be like, this never happened. It'll, it'll yes. end the transaction. It'll close the deal. And Jack is yeah. like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And Jack, I love this moment because he was like, you reimbursing me for any cost would not negate the fact that your sister did business with me. Exactly. It's just that you would also be doing business with me and he steps right up to his body so they can feel each other's heat and he's <laughs> like what kind of business do you want to do with me yes though? and he's like there are so many and he like keeps dropping his register so it's like uh -huh. there are so many possibilities and oh. then he literally <laughs> like thumbs his bottom lip which is so fucking hot. It's ridiculous. So hot. And then Oliver licks it. Licks, licks it, it, you guys. Licks he it. He fully just darts his tongue out and licks this man's thumb. That's in his mouth hole. And oh boy. They both freeze and have yeah. silent individual freakouts. <laughs> That's right. Because. Now, because Jack sort of flinches away. Jack flinches away because this is the hottest thing that's ever happened to him. <laughs> but Oliver can't be sure of that. And so he's like, did I just overplay my hand? Did I just give this guy an opportunity to blackmail me? Yes. Because now he knows, like, I, I might be into it. So then Oliver leaves without saying a word. And it's incredible. I love the line where Jack's like, when the hell had he started to pant? Like, he's yes. like, why am I panting? I love that. Yeah. Because it's that thing we've all been there where you're just like, uh -huh. oh, I'm in full blown do me now mode. And I don't know how I got there. Not to mention that Jack's whole thing is he always wants control. Yes. And he does not understand the point at which he lost control. And I. This is a recurring theme for Jack. That. Jack is yes. constantly like, how did I get in this situation? <laughs> it's because he hot jack okay like, I, I don't know um i don't know what to tell you so dreamy so hot you're meant for each other it's what it is okay it is. so then we meet georgie yeah his little brother i love georgie and georgie is the next book and i cannot wait to read it because really because oh i didn't think he was also gay georgie he is the next gay book. in this book well georgie's clearly playing a game through this book that you don't really yes. know what's going on because he's in yeah. very posh situations yes. and clothing and he's fabulous and he's hanging out at whorehouses and you don't really know what's going on with georgie so I, and he's hanging out at whites at yeah, some point yeah like he's, like a like a bro like way up upper class bro so yeah. and he has a really fake upper class accent uh-huh and so when georgie shows up 
he immediately diagnoses his brother. He's like, ah, yeah. stay away from that posh ass. Yep. That's yep. way too high end for you. And yeah. no, no line I loved in this book more than <laughs> Jack going, I'd really like to know who you and Sarah think I properly ought to sodomize. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. like my siblings, <laughs> what do you want? It made me so happy. It's so cute. Yeah. Yes, and that's when you also find out that their father used to prostitute Jack. So that sucks. Yeah, so we find out a lot about the father and mother. We can just get this out at the beginning. Yeah. His dad was a a, all sorts of con man. And he not only taught Jack how to thieve, but he also like put him into alleyways with gentlemen and let them do whatever they wanted, really, as long as he came back with coin. And and Jack was pretty, and, he, and he's very practical about the memory. Like, yeah, he's like, sometimes I enjoyed it. Sometimes right. I didn't. It, mm-hmm. You know, it's what it was. It's what growing up in my family was. Yeah. And all, it's interesting because all three of them have clearly processed their childhood in a different way. Yeah. And they're absolutely. All, and they're all scarred by it, but they all have processed it to move forward. Like none of them are like, I'm just I'm just I won't stay there. Right. So each of them has done something to get out and climb out of that gutter. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically he was raised by the Thenadares from Lamas, is what it boils down to. So. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Completely. So now. Yes, this is the alley fight. This is the alley fight. That's right. So Oliver is hanging out with Ra- No, he's on his way to go see Raxel. Yes, he's he's walking through and he um gets robbed essentially in an alley. He gets he gets mugged and it's it's the wonderful trope of there's a mugging and and there's a fight. But I do love that it's the trope because Jack of course is following him because of the case because he yeah. wants to know what's going on and Jack is like, do I get involved? And then he's like, oh, there's a knife. I should probably help him out. Yeah. So he's like, he's like, there are four of them. Yeah. That seems a little unfair. <laughs> and then he sees the knife and he's like, mother bitch. Yeah. Four and a knife. All right. I'll get yeah. it. So he jumps in. And I did really like this, though, because not only did Jack start this thing by being like, oh, shit, <laughs> this guy can like actually handle himself. Yeah. Like he's on his game. He's beating the crap right. out of these robbers. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's like, he's injured and he's an upper class dandy. Like, I would usually <laughs> be like, fuck this guy. But oh, no, he's impressive. Oh, no. <laughs> so they're, then they start fighting side by side. And then they start fighting like they've been fighting together for years. And they're throwing the walking and they're stick cor- back yeah, and They're forth. coordinated. They're coshing. Oh. They're coshing. <laughs> oh, Oh, they're cautioning the shit out of people. They're cautioning. Just everywhere. And then, like, amazingly, it's so cute. As they're, like, cautioning and doing all of this, Jack is like, Jack was dangerously close to being impressed with Rivington, but he supposed he'd get Uh over it. And then, (laughs) once they're done, that is when, like, Jack tries to, like, Olivia Pope him and diagnose him and Sherlock him. Yes. And be like, you don't eat enough. You're way too skinny. Which I love because it starts his obsession with feeding Oliver. Oh, <laughs> I knew this would speak to you. It's so cute. Food is love. One of Oprah's the ways. No, liar. one of the ways that Tanya shows love is to feed people, and feed like you. you know, that's one of the ways I do too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Love is a pie. I don't know why people don't. <laughs> I understand don't see that. why not. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Mel and I have or baked. a bowl of chili. Like Mel and Mel and I, in times of emotional stress, baking was and eating was a big part of it. Uh-huh. Those scones we yeah. made that one time was yeah. so good. Oh yeah, the meningitis scones. Those were serious business. Oh, those were so yeah. good. 
my stepdad had a health scare and my immediate reaction was to print out a scone recipe, walk over to Tanya's house and say, I'm not going to know any information for hours. We're baking. <laughs> That's what we did. And they were delicious. Don't worry, guys. He didn't actually have meningitis. Huzzah! Yay! <laughs> In times of trouble, it's what we do. Okay, so that scene ends with Oliver calling him out on his accent slipping and how much he loves his like the little guttural street accent comes out a little bit. Yeah. And it's like Well, and this is meanwhile, all of this, all of this gutturalness is happening as Jack pushes him up against the same alleyway wall. Yes. Is like with unconscious cravat. Unconscious robbers just on the oh, ground. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh yeah. Whatever. No, but they're not important. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, it's really hot. And then, um, and then he's like, are you going to blackmail me? And Jack is like, you, don't be an idiot because you would be able to blackmail me for the, the exact, exact same, same thing. thing. Yes. Did you not notice how hard I was that, in my office? Okay. So that, <laughs> and that's technically, af- technically later, but it's, but it's mm. looped in. No, you're fine. You're fine because it's all really one conversation they have over several yeah. scenes, right? Because, yeah. Um, Oliver finds out that his brother-in-law is coming back. So he finds out finally what Jack yeah. did and that his brother-in-law had like beaten his sister, had threatened to take away her kid, had definitely yeah. been raping maids, if not his wife, even though that was like not a thing until the 70s. So right. Yeah. Right. Um, but so everybody's like, Jack will help. And Oliver's like, but he's a scoundrel. And everybody's like, but he gets shit done. Like the sister's yeah. like, I don't. Why are you talking scoundrel? Who cares? No. Yeah. We don't care who he is or what his methods are. He got this terror out of my life. Yes. And there was no nobody else who would have been able to do that because none of the none of our society protects me from this. Right. He had every right to commit every atrocity in our household yes, that he did. Exactly. And so oh. when they finally have it out over the blackmail is when Jack finally is like, you're being a dummy. Right. Also, I almost fucked you in an alley. The other night, right? You know, recall, and then yeah. they finally, finally kiss. And I say finally, it's uh, like page seventy. They like kissed early, but <laughs> oh no! But it felt like finally because the tension, tension. In this is so well done, so much tension. So yes, and so oh my goodness, and it's like this really sweet, like little beautiful, gentle kiss. And then uh-huh. immediately followed by some face sucking for realsies. Huge, huge. And this is after, isn't that after Jack goes and searches the house and, and fall and jumps out the window? Yes. So he's injured. Yeah. So <laughs> Jack has been doing some investigations. And that's one of my favorite parts too, because Oliver, injured Oliver, helps him up the stairs to his lodgings. And he's like, what are you doing? You're also injured. And he's like, between us, we've got two good legs. We're going to make this happen. <laughs> And then, and then they get all the way upstairs and Oliver then helps him undress. The gentleman is helping the former valet undress. Yes. Which was a really cool touch. And they just can't help themselves. Like well, it's too much flesh. It's too much proximity. It's too much tension. It's all just. Gr- and then when Jack goes to take off his breeches, Oliver's like staring for a second. Jack's like, you can stare. And then he's like, yeah. no, I shouldn't stare. And he turns around. And then finally, this is what I love. There's all this tension and Jack goes. Let's go get some food. Let's go get some dinner. It's 3 a.m. Let's go get some dinner. And of course, Oliver's like, where the fuck do you get dinner in London at 3 a.m. in 1816? The whorehouse. Yeah. He's like, we're going to a whorehouse. Ever been to one? And he's like, no, I haven't. And he's like, shocker. (laughs) 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 Madame Louise's. And the cook there, 
Real popular. Loves Jack, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when Jack finally tells them that he saw him get the blowjob in the garden. Yes. They're sitting there at dinner. Yes. And he's like, I... I, if we're going to work on this together, if we're going to collaborate on my business, yes. then you should know in all transparency that I have seen you get a super hot beach <laughs> and uh, I was into it. And mm. Oliver is so like blushy and adorable, but also is getting uh. the hard eyes. Like the cartoon uh-huh. hard eyes. And Jack's like, you've got to stop crushing on me. I'm a liar yeah. and a thief. And worse, and I will fuck you, but I don't do the love, so stop looking at me right. with hard eyes. And mm-hmm. Oliver's like, I'm just going to enjoy this, so deal with my fucking yeah. hard eyes. Yeah. Because Oliver's the best. That's a really sweet. Well, and Oliver, up until this point, every sexual experience he's had has been transactional. Yes. And he's like, the one thing I want is to know what it's like to have a sexual experience that's not in a gutter somewhere or in a closet. Or it's not seedy. It's not paid. It's not something that I need to be ashamed of. I've never experienced a languid kiss that leads into a caress that then turns into sex. Yes. And I think that under the right circumstances, I could have that <laughs> with this dude. So <laughs> let's make it happen. And that and that's it. Oliver just keeps this sweetness about him. Oh. And he's like this PTSD veteran, but has, yeah. has this like level of sweetness. And mind you, sweetness, even in spite of the fact that getting caught in any way will literally have him murdered. <laughs> like Yes. And sweetness in spite of the fact that he knows that this will ultimately end yes. for a long time. He's like, this is going to end and I will spend the rest of my days single and lonely Yes, and all of that. So I want to have this one experience at least. And then I can figure out how to spend the rest of my life as a bachelor or like with a wife of convenience of some sort. And he keeps talking every once in a while. He's like, maybe I should marry somebody. And then he's like, and cheat her out of affection and love and be a shitty person for doing it. And which I adore. But I also just like it makes me ache to think of how many human beings had to Uh do that for years and years and years of just faking it because that is what was expected of them and yeah this is why i fucking hate all of society's little expectations for people it's just completely so for a thousand fucking years people like went through this hell yeah for no reason for no reason notions of purity and rightness like it it doesn't make any sense like an orifice is an orifice you guys literally for no reason (laughs) And it's not like people weren't having 17 babies when they could. So my thing is, human population exploded just fine. We did not need to torture the gays. (laughs) It's so true. Rude. So they decide they're going to strike this accord where Oliver will kind of help out as long as Jack helps with this new brother-in-law problem because brother-in-law has shown up. Yes. Brother-in-law is now home. And Jack has put men watching sister and baby to make sure they're okay. Yes. Uh, Yeah. So sister and baby have absconded. They've gone to visit a friend. And everybody's like being watched and it's really, really tense because this monster is back in time. I'm picturing a lot of like middle of the night, 
sneaking onto coaches and spiriting away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very, very much. Yes. Very much. The trunks, Tanya, the trunks were packed so haphazardly. <laughs> oh, my God. Just tossing shit in there. <laughs> Like nothing. I can't imagine. I just, I feel so bad for the maids who had to figure out how to get the wrinkles out of that shit because it was bad. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's England times. (laughs) Oh my God. Three dresses has taken you over the maximum amount that Delta will allow. And let me tell you, as a person who's packing tonight for a conference, (laughs) you draw those lines pretty tight. But you do. Yeah. Packing in winter in nine, in like now. In 2018, uh-huh. packing in winter is the fucking worst. Your your suitcase is so yeah. much heavier in the winter, right? Mm-hmm. Picture that in 1816, how much your suitcase weighs. Yeah, when the suitcase was literally made of wood and metal. Yes. No, and, I'm not into yeah. it. And a dress weighed 25 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, single dress. Yeah. So that's happening. And then there's also been this development on the Raxel front. Yes. The Raxels have left. No, the Raxels. The Raxels are in London. They can... Yeah, they can find out more information from Lady Raxel's hometown. Yes, they're going to go find out what went on with this relationship that was in the letters. And Jack is like, I'm going out of town. And Oliver's like, I could drive you, though. I was planning to go out of town. So I love the country. I could drive you. I have a carriage carriage. or I can get one. You have a carriage. We can do it. No big deal. And it's not it's not even a carriage, guys. It's a curricle. I don't even know what that is. Which is. The fuck it's is just that? an open it's an open air like usually two seat it's a pickup carriage. truck of carriages it's like a jeep it's like the jeep <laughs> okay, of carriages, jeep of carriages. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay here's where i am jack and you are fucking oliver this is how we have reached that so point <laughs> because, <laughs> because i am a city girl through and fucking through and so is mm-hmm. jack i like the idea of fucking taking one of these 1800s Jeeps to the fucking oh, yeah. country makes me want to cry. <laughs> yeah, and Jack is very much like the every inch I get away from London, I just feel more like a fish out of water. Yeah. I feel more anxious. There's nowhere to hide. He hates horses. These goddamn beasts of mayhem in front of <laughs> He's me. He's so I'm right, just- though. He's not <laughs> no. wrong. No, horses are the best. Okay, here, see, this is fucking, I knew you were going to be Oliver about this. <laughs> And that's where we're going to leave off this week. Our combined lady love for you is do not delay. Use this break to read or listen to this novel. I can attest that the audible version is absolutely amazing. We couldn't do the incredible romantic tension justice in this episode. So you should really just experience it for yourself. Plus, I think that mysteries are best read, so go find out what happened with the Raxels. It's beautiful and unexpected. And part two is where we're going to squee over the super hot, sexy times. So you should have fodder to squee with us. So Melody, keep being a badass. And love yourself as much as you love England Times Jeeps. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I hope we get emails about that. For the record, feel free to email me. Email about curricles, carriages, the differences, Jeeps. If you know the history of Jeeps, let a bitch know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Cool. I love you. Love you tons. Bye.
Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show. <laughs>